This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. You're now tuned in to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. I'm John. Today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 2 of the show titled Reunion. We will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the show, but we will be spoiling everything through Season 2, Episode 2 of the series, so please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm, and we're also Westworld FM on Twitter. And you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet, that's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T, to pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Jason K., who's pledged at the level of $10 a month. Uh, so Nick cannot be with us today. He is uh, actually about to head out on his honeymoon on a plane in just a few short hours here. So congratulations to him on his recent recent nuptials. Uh, we will miss him. But he will uh, hopefully be back, uh, if not next week, then the week after that. If not, it'll be me again. Yes. And I don't think I'm suited for this, but that's okay. We're going to give it a shot. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, in the corrections department here, we did have one correction, or we've, we've got a few corrections. Two of them are, one of them is a self-correction, one of them was from another podcast, and another one was from you, John. Yep. Uh, Ferris Ferris, who plays Mr. Costa in the first episode of this season, is actually the brother of video game developer Joseph Ferris, who made a game called The Way Out and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Ferris Ferris is heavily fe- uh, featured in A Way Out as a voice actor, and his likeness is also used for one of the main characters, as you said. Yep. So, um, correction for me there. The other thing uh, we did here on our Discord channel, I think it was from Jason, he said that the floating dead host shown at the end of 201 is indeed Teddy, which he learned from another podcast. And then one final thing... Um, Nick said last week he wasn't really certain if anybody who other than Charlotte Hale knows about the data collection um, scheme that's going on in Westworld. But I think after watching a video today, the video that you linked to us last year uh, about how fantastic of an actor um, Anthony Hopkins is. We, we see that scene of him with Teresa Cullen in season one, and he seems to know that she visited that exact restaurant and table in Westworld when she was a kid. Okay. So Ford must be aware of the fact that they were collecting all of this data right. on, on, the, on the guests that were in the park. So just to make that little connection there. Uh, we did get a nice email from Yoop. He sent a link to a video that I'm going to put in the show notes about how uh, Christopher Nolan and, and Jonathan Nolan use uh, surprise and twists and turns. I did not watch it because it's about the prestige, and I have not watched the prestige in a long time. So I'm going to do that soon, and then I will watch the video. But it is there on westworld.fm if anybody wants to go check it out. We did also get an email from a uh, somewhat newer listener. His name's Matt, and uh, he came to us in the off season, But he wrote in to say... 
Hey guys, just finished listening to your first cast of the season and enjoyed your recap and thoughts. One thing I can't stop thinking about Sunday's episode is the Maeve storyline. Her daughter is apparently still on the homestead she was on before the man in black came and did what he did. I figure this means that the daughter has a new family now, and what will Maeve think of that when she arrives? Is she willing to do what the man in black did and murder the homestead family just to take her daughter back? Will her daughter even remember her? I can see a very dark scene coming where Maeve finally arrives to get her daughter. I'm also intrigued to see how Stubbs got away from Ghost Nation and where the heck Elsie is. Looking forward to episode two of your future cast. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, I don't really know how Maeve is going to react to the fact that her daughter has a new mother <laughs> of some kind. I mean, I guess that's the thing that we don't really know is like... Well, because didn't they mention in the last episode about how it was like that memory was just injected into her? It wasn't actually one that she created well no like sizemore talks about how it's it was made for her okay she's not but he's coming from the standpoint of like in human terms she's not your daughter because you didn't give birth to her we made her okay that makes sense and then Maeve comes back at him with like well what is real anymore now that i'm here and can murder you just as if i was a real human right so it will I, I'm certainly intrigued as to what that uh what that meeting is gonna be like. We don't really know what the daughter's doing there. If she has a mother, did they stick her with a father this time? Like it could it could be any number of things. Right. Will Maeve like take her to the body shop like Dolores did in this episode and like show her, try to unlock her actual memory or something like that? We don't really know as of yet. So that will be that will certainly be interesting. Uh, I too would like to know how Stubbs got away from Ghost Nation and where the heck Elsie is, um, but that's still yet to come. Yeah. But yeah, no, thank you, Matt, for for checking us out in the off season, and thanks for writing in in the current season. For sure, we appreciate it. All right, so. Uh, let's get on with the episode recap. Our first scene here. We, this is the first Westworld episode with a cold open. Uh, there was the the intro came after the first scene or two, actually. So we get Arnold bringing Dolores back online in a hotel room in the outside world. And it seems to be prior to the park actually opening because it's Arnold. Uh, John, you didn't realize this. At yeah, first. no, because I Cause... clearly didn't pay enough attention <laughs> in my viewing. Yeah, you didn't realize it was Ford in the reflection. Yeah, well, it hadn't dawned on me because I must have missed the dialogue exchange that they had as well because I have dogs that are obnoxious. They're very loud. Um, But I I determined, regardless of that, that it was, in fact, Arnold based off of the fact that... um, I don't know why. I just felt like it it seemed very early on in the production. Yeah, Um, well, Dolores is in, like, a very primitive stage. She seems to be... I, I, I don't know. I guess you can kind of read it as like uh, she hasn't seen the outside world before, obviously. So anything she right. says is right. like suspect to like she she just she it, it could just be that childlike wonder that that. Oh, my God. What is this new thing that I'm experiencing? Yeah. But um, no. Yeah. It, it's certainly pretty interesting that it's Arnold and, and not Dolores. However, I will say the fact that it's Arnold. We see Arnold here. I mentioned last week that the first scene of the season was in an ultra-wide format. 
Okay. That was not the case here. So they did something weird for the first episode. I don't know why yet. There's some speculation out there that the first scene of Dolores and Bernard or Arnold sitting down there talking in the basement like they did in the first season actually takes place in the future rather than in the past. Okay. Uh, But I don't know. The only thing that kind of tips the hand to that is that Arnold has a dream. The Arnold or Bernard, whoever it is, says that he had a dream about waking up on the shore, which we see Bernard do in the episode. And how would he have that dream if it hadn't already happened to him? Right. So I guess the the kind of the idea is maybe Delos gets the gets the revolution under control and then resets everyone completely, including Bernard, who would be none the wiser if he was of course completely reset and wiped his, somehow. His whole process is that he's to maintain the park. Yeah. Yeah. So. He was he was made to be a worker alongside Ford. But yep. Anyway, more on that later. We still need another data point on that line to understand what the ultra widescreen actually meant. Uh, cool that they brought back young Ford. Yes. And I heard that they actually had Anthony Hopkins record new lines for this and for the scene last week where he played young Ford. So awesome that he's still contributing, even though he's not like a regular cast member. Continuity. Yes. That's very nice. Dolores has a line. She says, uh, looks like the stars have been scattered across the ground. Have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? And uh, Arnold replies, I have. It's better to see it through your eyes, though. You get used to it. After a while, it doesn't look like anything at all. I thought that was like a cool callback or maybe creation or just kind of a reference to the idea that the hosts look at something they can't understand and say, this doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah, It well, it's also... It it's uh, I think as as him being one of the creators of the AI and and the the hosts themselves like having your creation, especially one that has that is sentient in a way like yeah. be able to express itself is ultimately what you're looking for is you're looking for the that AI to have emotion and be able to to express it to you as as an outside. Uh, outside viewer yeah no that's that's fair it just shows that he's reaching this goal or like he's getting to the point where he needs it to be but he mentions at one point that she's not ready yet yes yeah her improv he mentions that her improvisation skills are not quite where they need to be yeah but too canned of a response yeah well and i i kind of think i i'm wondering a little bit of that is how much is he aware that this dolores is basically gonna go out there and have to like bang some dude that they're trying to lure into investing in the park right as opposed to um it does he actually think she's not ready to even go out and engage in in something or is he just trying to keep her there for himself because it's his own pet project yeah he, he sees her as his child essentially so um so in the next scene, Arnold takes Dolores to go check out his future home, a home that's being built in built in the city that they're at. There was some there's some real speculation here about the city. I did go on the Reddit in the quick questions thread on the subreddit for Westworld to try and see if anybody recognized any landmarks. And apparently the buildings there, there's at least two buildings that are very like it's definitely LA. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily jive with the fact that Arnold says that he's moving his family there to be closer to the park. 
because if the park is in China, like we potentially thought last week, then moving anywhere in the United States to L.A. is only going to shave a little bit of time off of that flight. Or maybe it's a dystopian future where China's taken over the United States. Well, that's entirely possible, too. Yeah, that's true. Because it looks very Grand Canyon-ish out there, like in the uh, the whole... In the, in the Westworld the park. Uh, yeah. park, yeah. Well, yeah, that could be di- by design, though. I guess we don't know. But yeah, no, I... The the Chinese uh, Chinese owned future is it's, very. It's just like L A is an area of of the world where you can go thirty minutes north and you're in the mountains and there's snow, or you can go thirty minutes south and you're in the desert or on the ocean. Yeah, so like, like one of the hottest parts of the earth. So you can literally like you have multiple climates within like an hour span time from where you like it's centrally located. So it seems like it could be viable a viable area for them to create a, a theme park of this sort that would have different scenarios uh, throughout. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess that's the thing. We don't know with the other parks of if they're like, this one's Snowland, Right. And how would they do that? Well, maybe like the, maybe like Shogun land, like takes place in like the Japanese feet, you know, Fuji mountains, like yeah. whatever. I don't know the mountain range in Japan. You would know that. Well, also. I don't know if there's really Mount Fuji, range, but yeah, Mount Fuji. No, that's that's entirely possible. Just makes me think of the League of Shadows, like yeah. when Bruce Wayne was up in like the mountains, <laughs> fighting yeah. uh, Liam Neeson. Absolutely. No. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Speculating. Yes, more speculation. Uh, so Arnold shows his future home to Dolores. It actually looks a lot like a Frank Lloyd Wright house, like the yeah, it's house, very interesting, which was used in season two of Buffy as Angel's house, and it's also Deckard's apartment in. Uh, Blade Runner. It inspired Duncan's ah. apartment. So cool to see a little more uh, connective tissue there. Uh, Arnold mentions that this is for my son, Charlie, when he goes to show her like the balcony that they overlook on. Yeah. And I was talking with some people at work today and I was like, oh, that must mean Charlie is alive. And then they're kind of like, well, what do we actually know about Arnold? Like we know that Bernard was given this memory of his child dying right as like his touchstone his cornerstone his touchstone memory or whatever by ford but do we know that arnold's child actually died it's just kind of something that ford i think he alludes to it with art with bernard very early on in season one, but I don't think we actually know anything for sure. Right, about there's no fact. What happened to Arnold's family? They could be fine. We don't know. Maybe Ford gave Bernard that memory of his son dying to keep him from contacting the family. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, to like build a wall, like so he has no reason well, to like reach out. The only or like problem find... with that though is that when we see Arnold or Bernard's, <laughs> god damn it. When we see Bernard's reality start to crumble at the end of season one, yeah. there's a shot where Bernard's sitting down to talk to his wife by a vid- video thing, and it flashes to Ford for a second as if he's acting as oh, Bernard's wife. I totally so, missed that well, too. I mean, man. It was a long time ago. You might have not. You but, might. You uh, might have seen it, and it's left you. But so it may. He he shouldn't have to do that kind of thing. But that's not a bad thought. Right. What if he called, dialed up the phone number or something like right. that? Right, like when, if somehow he was able to recall this memory of a phone number. Because if he's based off of uh, Arnold, Arnold's, consciousness, Arnold's yeah. consciousness, then he would have these sorts of memories embedded in him. 
So yeah, that's possible. Or maybe that's like where the DNA collection comes from. Is they're actually using the DNA to create likenesses of people based on actual genetic code. And in doing so, the recent development in science where DNA carries memories of yeah. trauma and other things is something that is implemented in as well into the hosts. Yeah. No. I don't know. We don't I'm know. just throwing things out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to That's sound fair. smart on your fancy Westworld You're podcast. You're sounding just fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so in this in this scene where Dolores is once again looking at the city, Bernard or Arnold mentions that Charlie is a lot like Dolores and Dolores is a lot like Charlie. Uh, he mentions that so many people have stopped seeing the beauty of the world altogether. And Dolores says, maybe they just don't have the courage. Strange new light can be just as frightening as the dark. And Bernard remarks, Arnold remarks, God damn it. But sometimes I think we're simply not the ones that deserve it. So we see that seed of like he thinks the hosts are the one that deserve the world, essentially. Um, well, because they're probably programmed as inherently good or good natured and unable to harm humans and so they don't because they don't have the freedom necessarily of choice to like harm other things and beings and creatures that well maybe but i think arnold's quest of him trying to give them consciousness is him it's him trying to give them that free will yeah i think he recognizes that they will have the same capacity as humans do but i don't know we don't know. Maybe like a higher form of compassion and empathy. Potentially, yeah. Uh, Dolores repeats her line about the stars scattered across the ground and, and, you know, isn't it full of splendor? Yeah. And that is what triggers Arnold into realizing that she's still just on her programming. Yep. She mentions the same line. It's cool because you hear this, the scores start to sour a little bit as well. And it's it, it's just a nice, it's an interesting little moment. It looks like the stars have been scattered across the ground. Have you ever seen anything so full of splendor? Then we get the opening. The new intro is still very good. Uh, the next scene that we see, we get Teddy, Dolores, and Angela invading what is a, quote, remote refurbishment outpost. Uh, one of the board members stumbles in. He's like, don't you guys know? Everybody's fucking dead out there, bro. And they're like, what? And then Dolores and Teddy and come in. Angela come in and shoot the security guy. Guns pulls blazing. Gun. Yep. Uh, he mentions that the workers have been working 13 hours and they wonder where the next shift is. That's... Pretty yeah. interesting that Delos is like the slave drivers have essentially like, we're going to make you do your job. You do your job until someone shows up to take your job. Right. Over, which is terrifying. But that's basically my first employer. So <laughs> thanks, family video. Um, But yeah, no. So a lot of people online seem confused about the fact that these guys could be completely unaware of what's going on, but the doors do very neatly say it's a remote refurbishment outpost. So I think they're not meant to be yeah. completely in the know. They probably just thought the communications were down and they would come back up at some point. Right. But, uh, yeah, not a whole lot else here. Dolores kind of talks to the board member 
And she has this this great little monologue here. She says, they thought you could do what you wanted to do. Or no. They thought you could do what you wanted to do to us because there's no one who could judge you. Well, now no one is here to judge what we will do to you. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah. You know, just it makes sense. It's their retribution. Flipping the script. Come up and see. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get a little bit of the time slippage as he, she touches the dude's tears or, or sweat or whatever it is. And we see her back at Arnold's house doing the same thing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, but then we flash back. We see Logan meeting his first hosts with a demonstration of Westworld in the real world. I just want to say that I hate the fact that Delos is his last name. <laughs> did that did that hit you at all? Like it just it feels weird. Like because the the one of the one of the people walks up to him and says, "Mr. Delos," and I'm like, "Ugh, ugh." Yeah, because I was I was envisioning it as like this acronym or just well, like I a kn- brand name. Well, I knew it was the family business. I mean, they mentioned that in season yeah. one or whatever. I didn't realize that that was actually his last name. Well, and like, his dad's name is Jim. It's Jim. Hey, Jim Delos here. James Delos. Yeah, it just feels so. Ugh. Jimothy. Yes, Jimothy Delos. That's his real name. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just. Is he didn't Scottish know. too? Isn't he? I think he's Scottish, Scottish. or something from the Isles. Hey, yeah. Letty. Yeah, he's very. I like the actor very. Yeah, much. he was good. I liked him. But I hate the fact that. Delos is their name. It's just gross. <laughs> um, so this scene is before Logan or William have been to the park. Right. In case people did not realize that. Uh, we see Angela walk up with uh, a man of native descent. I don't I can't recall if we saw him. I don't I don't think he was in season one anywhere, but. I think he, uh, he had some familiarity about him, but he well, he and I know that he is a one of the Ghost Nation members. He's one of the native members in okay. the park now, but I don't I can't remember if he was anywhere in the first season or not. But basically, um, they walk up to him. We know Angela's a host and they talk to Mr. Delos saying they're from the Argos Initiative. They're secretive about what they're working on. Logan has not yet decided to invest in their thing as of yet. And he says that everyone's trying to get his money. And he's like, AI, AR, VR. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> that one line was not delivered in a way that I wanted it to be delivered. It just felt very like, these Canned. are the buzzwords of right now. Canned and cheesy. But I also think that maybe puts it, once again, I think there's like a hazy timeline out there. But I think that kind of puts William and Logan logan's time frame in like now like it's 20 right 18 could be 2020 i guess who knows so within like five to the not too distant future five to ten years of where we currently stand in time yes um but then we get into this little hotel room the demonstration logan gets pissed because he thought it was a an uh exclusive event and then she's like well guess what it still is and did you did you think that they were all hosts? Because I was kind of like, oh, these are all. Hosts. I had a pretty good feeling they were all hosts. Yeah, like it just kind of it like, even though they they didn't seem very programmed. I think the only one that really struck me as feeling kind of programmed was the one who was cleaning his glasses. Yeah, he kind of stood out as being like a little bit fake. But uh, and is it Angela? Angela's the blonde woman. Yeah, 
she struck me as the most convincing. Yeah. And that's kind of what she was meant to be. was the mm-hmm. most convincing, which is why they had her deliver him to the facility. For exactly. That. So, yeah. And that's also why it could have been Del- like Ford wanted Dolores. Right. But, like she wasn't quite ready yet. Yeah. And Arnold put the kibosh on it. But um, no, it's it's cool because Logan's kind of like, you got to tell your actors to stop, bro, because all these little things like if you watch the scene. You get the first guy that Logan walks past, kind of does a double take, and that ends up being the host who's the head of the army that Dolores talks to. Later. Okay, I didn't make that connection, but yeah. now that you say it, it makes he, sense. Yeah, he looks he looks different. Like he looks so much more clean cut and everything in the you know present day area. Yeah, but um, he kind of does a double take that looks very robotic, and it's awesome how robotic it yeah looks. well because his his eyebrow kind of like shifted in a very slow and methodic manner yes it's a very it was a very exaggerated expression yeah so you see that there's a there's an asian woman who adjusts her bra strap there's the guy who's cleaning his glasses there's the dude who's offering champagne yeah and logan's kind of like well these you know these guys must be actors or whatever how am i supposed to you know you got to tell them not to give up the game and then he turns around and sees Angela just kind of standing there. Right. And then all of the other hosts freeze. Yeah. So so he like freaks out about Angela for a second and then she just kind of laughs at him and freezes everyone else. And that's he he has this reaction of such he's like no one else is here. We're not here yet. Like technology has not progressed right. this far yet. And then she's just kind of like we're all here for you. Let's bang. And you know, right. that happens. Um, I don't know what it like I think that's maybe the second or third time that we've seen someone freeze everyone right Ford does it a couple times uh, in the previous season it's still so awesome every time it happens though was he mixed in the background at any point I know? did not see him anywhere I didn't I didn't see uh, young young youngified Anthony Hopkins anywhere in there, but it doesn't mean that he's not there somewhere. Right. I just kind of feel like maybe he'd be floating there just to kind of like, you know, observe, monitor everything. I don't know. I feel like he was probably monitoring from like a control room. Cause it isn't that like a remote. That's like the same. That's like the same hotel that uh, Arnold's in. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Cause once again, in like the next scene, we see Dolores watching Angela getting out of bed. But uh, I did not see him in there. He might be though. Maybe maybe we'll have to we have to do another rewatch of that particular scene. Yes, roll the tape. <laughs> but uh, no, it it seemed like a very um awesome pitch for I, Westworld. I would have been so psyched to experience that. Yep. I think anybody would. It'd be terrifying, but in like a really cool way. For sure, absolutely. No, it it, it that portrayal, that magic trick, that. Everything that they laid out in that scene felt awesome and very Nolan. I feel as though I would have the same reaction that I had when I played Skyrim VR for the first time and <laughs> went to Bleak Falls Barrow. Yeah. Because that just, I had a grin on my face the entire time I was walking up the stairs to that yeah. building. So No, absolutely. It certainly has that kind of wonder with it. Um did want to note Clementine is there as well. She's the one that's playing the piano, as yep. I said a little earlier. Um but yeah, no, that was a very cool scene. Indeed. We cut back to Teddy as uh, Dolores has it revealed how many times he's actually died before. Teddy gets angry and asks the the worker, why is this happening? And the worker essentially says it's just for fun, 
which is horrible. Yeah, it'd be a terrifying way to reveal. <laughs> yeah, reveal that. that you've died many times and you don't remember yeah. it because so, it was somebody else's fun. Absolutely. And then he had that one, like the one picture of him with like his face, like like mauled by like an animal. Yeah, or he got, like swiped by a bear or something. Something, like that. man. Yeah. No, that would be really weird. Just to see yourself. To see yourself there, like, like destroyed, <laughs> yeah. dead. Yeah. For sure. I think this also connects to the, the point that Nick and I made last week of, like, Teddy is still not fully awakened. Yeah. I don't think he remembers all of his past in the way that, like, Bernard sat down and wanted to learn it all last is, season. Is he older technology? I don't think... Or at this point, have they just updated everyone? I think at this point, everybody's been kind of updated, you know, but it it seems like everybody should be able to learn their history, you know? Yeah. It's like encoded into their... The whole idea of season one was that these memories are all there until they get overwritten by something else, much like, you know, when you delete stuff on a normal hard drive, it's there until it gets covered up by other ones and zeros unless you do something like that. Right. So... There's at least some amount of history that Teddy can access, but I don't think he's accessed it yet. Yeah. So that's interesting. Not fully anyway. Um, Next scene, we get old man William recollecting Lawrence after a deadly struggle with the Pardue brothers. Once again, I don't know if we mentioned this, but anything that hasn't been in the real world that we've talked about so far, I think is happening hours or a day after Ford died. So we're still at the earlier end of the two weeks that they kind of outlined in the first episode. Yeah, 11 days or whatever. Yeah, something like that. So it's... we. This episode doesn't have anything after the point of Bernard saying that he killed all of the hosts in the premiere. Right. So, uh, yeah. Old Man William recollects Lawrence after a deadly struggle with the Pardue brothers. Lawrence is hanging from a tree. Uh, he's got some ants crawl on him. He's over an ant hill. Yes. And the, <laughs> as they're by, yeah, and the Pardue brothers want to know if they're going to eat him from his ass or if they're going to eat him from the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid Western hicks that are just yeah. kind of like stupid. They got their own little uh, wagers that they make. But um, the one of the one of the great things about this so the man in black mentions he's like you're supposed to be able to get away from this yourself lawrence like i guess it's hard mode for everybody now is basically what he said right once again the man in black is certainly the like most video game oh for sure video game analogy that you can make here in the next uh scene he mentions that he's cheating when he when he grabs the healing device which is fantastic but i um, wanted to talk about that well yeah we'll get to that in a second uh but uh, when the man in black shoots all the guys, Lawrence says motherfucker as he has at least two or three times before in season yeah. one after the man in black kills everyone around him, which is also great. He's always got that same reaction. And, um, <laughs> I wonder if Ford programmed that into him every time William just starts blowing <laughs> shit up. He's just like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Just to make William feel like a badass, you yeah. know, keep, Stroke keep him, keep him going, you yep. know, keep him in the park. Um, but Lawrence, so one of the one of the hosts gets back up because he didn't die completely, and the man in black struggles for a bit. Lawrence throws his gun over to him, and the enjoyment that Ed Harris has when he's like tussling on the like the laugh that he has yeah. after the dude gets shot is so 
It was good. It's so genuine and beautiful. It's just so funny how much he's having the time of his fucking life now. Yep. Like it is exactly everything that he wanted it to be. Like I'm tearing up right now about know, how I much fun it. Ed Harris was having. <laughs> it's so it's so good. It it's was just, it was a very genuinely acted moment. Like Ed Harris is having the time of his life. Yes. Not just the man in black, but Ed Harris is thoroughly enjoying this role. He's like, I can't believe I'm rolling around on the ground with people when I'm seventy years old yeah. or however old he actually is. Exactly. It's, it's just really good. Blows the dude's brains out. Yep. It was, it was good. It was a good moment. It was it was very good. Maniacally laughs. It's the first time we get back to that like smile that he had at the end of season one. Yep. So. Uh so as I said, the next scene, old man William heals up with a cheat go cheat code as he enlightens uh Lawrence to his existence and the park's true purpose. I brought up in our Discord chat a theory of mine that he has bionic like cyborg parts. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. I think that arm is is has been replaced well i don't because those healing things i mean i know it's the future and like technology is you know evolved and expanded and become more amazing but that's the same healing tool they use on on the the hosts hosts, which i don't know if the hosts are that organic that they actually have literal flesh yeah tissue tissue that's built from i mean could be if it's built from human dna and you know whatever but that's what makes me believe like he has that's not you would be writhing in pain over getting shot in the arm and he doesn't do he's just like man he kind of shrugs it off flicks the bullet out and then rubs (laughs) that thing on to like heal it so well i mean judging by the laugh that he had he's such a sadistic maybe he likes the pain i don't i don't know but i i think i honestly think his arm because it was messed up at the end of season one and you guys mentioned that it wasn't so messed up until it got shot again last (laughs) episode was it even the same arm i think it was his left arm that got hit last time and it was his right arm this time but regardless yes um i i think he has bionic arms i i don't i don't i I don't subscribe to that theory. I, I think, think he opened a loot box and they gave him <laughs> bionic arms as like he found the secret cash. Yeah. No, I he, he unlocked it. He put in his DLC code and they gave him <laughs> bionic arms. He made his in-app payments. Yeah. He got his microtransaction. No, I think it's very much How expensive are the Westworld <laughs> micro microtransactions? Micro well, I think they I think the the cost for like a four-day trip was like 40 grand or something on the yeah. website last and year. And then you so. have to pay for silver so that you can use your silver dust. <laughs> We're not talking about destiny and, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said. I think the Delos Corporation, we know last year that there's a random guest that walks up to, to the, William, the, yes. teacher, the man in black, and is like, you saved my sister's life, and he's, you shut the fuck up. This is my vacation. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Don't ruin this for me. Yeah. But the dude is, like, so happy because his 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 company, Delos, helped his sister in some way. Right. It seems like they're very medically active. They're very aware of, of medical technology and stuff like that. I think the hosts are that developed. We see that when Bernard has to touch the door in the season premiere. Right, and he gets the DNA. He, yeah, or the DNA sniffer. DNA. He has DNA. Well, again, that's that's what I'm saying is like, let's expand on this idea of the host being built out of the DNA of these For people. For sure, no. They, they, like, but maybe they're trying to figure out a way to transfer these consciousness over to hosts so that people no longer die. That's absolutely true, and it's going to come up in a scene later. Okay. 
That is, that is, I think that is. Obviously, again, as I stated in our cold open that Alex <laughs> is replacing, but I have the comprehension and retention of a cinder block. <laughs> we'll get there. So. You might not have realized that that's what the scene's about. Okay. But it, there, there's a scene later on that is about that. All right. Keep going. Um, yeah, the man in black pulls the bullet out of his arm. He's got a nice little speech here. That's why your world exists. They wanted a place hidden from God. Place they could sin in peace. But we were watching them. We were tallying up all their sins, all their choices. Of course, judgment wasn't the point. We had something else in mind entirely. This is alluding to the true nature of the park. Right. That that will come to a little bit later. We still don't quite understand exactly what it is. It's referencing the lab that Charlotte Hale and yeah, Bernard the, the were in. The DNA collection. Yeah, the DNA collection, the the guest logging, the logging of guests' experiences. Uh, the thing I mentioned about Teresa Cullen that yeah. Ford used. All of that stuff is all wrapped up in that statement there. And then uh, Lawrence points the way to continue the game for the man in black so um teddy and dolores and the next scene teddy and dolores revive a confederado in hopes of using him to draft an army pretty straightforward here the security dude they're interrogating him by dunking him in the white stuff it it's burns burning him for some reason i don't know if it's just hot or if it's like acidic of some sort acidic or, or like decomposing like if it's like fundamental building block goo of humans that can like transform and morph your skin or whatever it is like i assume it's something of what the hosts are made out of that guy's gonna turn into nemesis from resident evil in a couple episodes possible yeah so um he's gonna grow a tentacle arm and like have a giant trench coat and machine gun (laughs) that's yeah that could absolutely happen at this point but he says Dolores is interrogating him to know how many people were come for them. And he's like, I don't know, maybe 600 or 800. Somebody in the subreddit today was like, why did he throw that number out there? Like, wouldn't right. they just throw as many people as possible at this problem until it isn't a problem anymore? And I, I replied, I was like, I don't think that dude knows anything. Like, he's so low on the totem pole. He just threw a number out there so they would leave him alone. Right. Was kind of my impression of the situation. But. Yeah, uh, but Dolores does say to him, she's like, you don't even know what the real purpose of this place is, but I do. So we cut to the next scene. We see Logan's father, Mr. Jim Delos, visiting the park with William uh, at some point after William's first visit. William convinces Jim to up his investment in the park with a, with a nice little speech about, uh, you know, People, people not knowing what they want, but here they can study them. They can see who people for who they really are, and potentially, it's Facebook. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's what Jason wanted us to talk about in the Discord. It's very much it's William. Facebook. People on Facebook come out and they show you who they really are, <laughs> and, they, and then you can opt to just defriend them or block them or whatever you want to do. Well, William William is the founder of Cambridge Analytica is what we're saying. Yeah, basically. exactly. <laughs> they want to take people's information. They want to look at what they do in the park. They want to do something with it. They want to use it against them. They want to yep. learn about them. They want to market to them. They want to do something with the data. Mm. That These generating. listeners didn't think it was going to get political, did they? <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Although later on, I feel like it is certainly yeah. the, the, the Trump's America. But anyway. Um <laughs> So, 
Yeah, this was a really cool scene. It starts off with Dolores being back in Sweetwater, the very familiar kind the, of setup. The standard playthrough yes. of uh, Dolores' introduction. But then everybody freezes once again, which was awesome, as it always is, yep. as I said earlier. And we see a helicopter fly overhead, uh, which is a very... It's a very... I think they put that one in the trailer at some point or in one of the weeks ahead trailers or something like that. It's a very arresting thing to see that helicopter fly over, over the some western old, town. Yeah, old yeah. west town. It's awesome. It's it's a really cool uh, shot. It's a really cool blocking, a really cool idea. So, um, Yeah, Jim, good old Jim Delos says Westworld had two or three years maybe after looking at their books. He's like, they've got enough funding for another two or three years, but otherwise, you know, they're going to go belly up. Yeah. And, of course, he asked William for his idea, essentially. Uh, we do get this nice little line, this little exchange. And if you don't see the business in that, then you're not the businessman that I thought you were. You're the cheeky little cunt, aren't you? That's not a man alive who talked to me like that. Not anymore. Which is something that William, in turn, says to uh, Lawrence in the first season, actually. I didn't even... That's funny. Yeah. So it's a nice little flip on the head, another Nolan Nolan line flip, as we call him. Um, But that was very cool. But the important thing about all of this is that Dolores was there. And although her her motor functions were all frozen, she apparently understood and heard all of that. Right. So that's kind of a the the main thrust of that scene. Uh, any th- any other thoughts on that one? Did you like that one? That was a, it was a good scene. Yeah. I don't. Did you really touch on what he was saying prior to the, that delivery, the line delivery of, about uh, if you don't see the business in that? Well, kind of the main thing. Like William starts trying to come at it from. It's really it's, strange. It's more than just a theme park. Well, but he, he yada, yada. so he starts off with like the this is the future and Jim's just like, I don't care about the future. I care about now. Right. What can I do with this now? I don't want to underwrite some some uh, financial bankers uh, journey, self self reflective journey or whatever. He yeah. Says yeah. To that nature. And so that's when William kind of pulls it all off. He's like. People come here, they do, we see who they really are. Right. And we can do something with that. This is essentially all he says in this actual scene. Yeah. And then he delivers that line. And then, yep. and then they forward. go and, yeah. and talk about it more. But yeah. So uh, the next scene, we go back to, I guess it's the second night after the, uh, or the first night. It is the, at some point after the, after Ford dies. I guess that's the marker that I'm going to use. It's okay. the, like the day after Ford dies, the nighttime afterwards. Maeve and Dolores cross paths like two ships in the night. Dolores attempts to win Maeve to her side, but Maeve has another mission in mind and goes about her business. Um, Maeve's there. She's got Hector and Sizemore. Sizemore is all dressed up. Yeah. He's got a donkey. He's just like parading <laughs> the donkey around. He looks so stupid and it's hilarious. Somebody on the subreddit mentioned that not only does he have suspenders, but he also has a belt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the, the dude can't even trust his pants to stay up. How can you trust him? But uh, no, it was good to see Sizemore. Sizemore doesn't even get a line in this episode. Yeah. It's beautiful. 
Um, but yeah, Dolores is Dolores is trying to use what we deemed her her cult leader shtick last week on Maeve, and it doesn't work on Maeve. Her charisma perk. Yeah, her her speech check. She's trying. Her speech check is not high enough for Maeve. Right, for sure. Because like, Maeve Maeve is maxed out. Yeah, Maeve maxed herself out last season. Maeve's the final boss. Exactly. So it does it doesn't quite work on Maeve. Some people were questioning whether or not Maeve's ability to rewrite code on the fly is what got Dolores to let her go. Interesting, because of the mesh network. Yes, like Maeve, Maeve, Maeve gave herself that ability to just kind of speak narrative to people who would then go and do the stuff that she was saying. Right, and so we don't quite. I wasn't given that impression upon first watch. And part of me wanted to think that, like, once Ford was like, hey, Dolores, kill me and you'll be conscious, he probably was like, I'm going to max you out, like, put you up to where Maeve is at. Right. Do whatever I got to do to, like, let you survive and take over the world, essentially, was kind of my impression. But I guess we don't really know, like, where she's at with all of that. Yeah. So, um,. Which kind of brings me to the point of, like, it's weird to me that Dolores isn't, like, or I guess we're not seeing her doing what Maeve did of, like, we need to find the behavior people, max out our personalities, yeah, you know, get all tens like you do in The Sims, like I used to do in The Sims when I'd make them, like, I would just, I think I told the story before, but there's a potion that you can make in The Sims that would give you full personality, which would give you like full charisma and intelligence and everything like that. Makes or it, it would it would flip your your horoscope essentially. It would flip all of the points that you put into those things. Okay. So I would make Sims that got no points in any of them, and then just put them in a meth lab like Breaking Bad, <laughs> and make them make potions over and over again until they made the right potion, and then drink it, and then they get full points. They're drunk as balls. So they were making Mave, but they, anyway. They have- ton of charisma <laughs> dolores dolores hasn't gone and done that for all of the other hosts that right. she's like using which i don't know if she knows that she can mave clearly isn't going to tell her because mave wants to have a trick up her sleeve but it's interesting to me that that's not something dolores is thinking of doing maybe she won't know she can do it until she runs into like uh bernard or something right later on so um Maeve does look at Teddy and says, because uh, they're talking about freedom. Dolores is trying to appeal to Maeve and say, we have to fight to keep your freedom, our freedom as a people, essentially. Maeve uh, looks over at Teddy and says, I know you. Do you feel free? And Teddy's kind of like, oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. And so conflicted Teddy is going to, I think he's going to be a meme this season <laughs> for sure. But... um but Maeve kind of tricks tricks Dolores into it. She's like, so you're defending liberty. You have no choice but to let me pass freely. And she just kind of walks out there. Yeah. I will mention there is a, the one, I think it's, I don't know if it's the Delos Incorporated West uh, website or the uh, Discover Westworld website. One of the websites has a map on it that is getting updated after every episode each week. And it shows Dolores and Maeve's positions. You can see there's a part where they intersected on the map. So you can see kind of their paths each week. Each week. It's pretty interesting. So seek that out if you want to have a little bit more to the experience. But um, 
Next scene, Dolores attempts to persuade a group of confederados to join her, but they refuse. That is, until she kills them all and then revives their leader. Um, this is the man that I mentioned earlier that we see at the party that yep. gives the double take. He's the head of the confederados here. Uh, his name is Major Craddock, the, the, the character, and he's played by a man named Jonathan Tucker, who looked very, very familiar to me from something else, but I could not find anything else that i know he just from. looks like a younger like he he reminded me of like the t1000 from yeah Terminator he's totally he's got a robert patrick look to him for sure for sure um did you like the fact that when you walk in to see the confederados it looks like the last supper yeah i thought that was sweet it's a pretty interesting little like milieu you get a little bit of ford's like religiosity or whatever that right he there even the man of black or william asks lawrence if Ford gave him that particular affliction of believing in God. Right, believing in a higher being. Yeah. And uh, so I think Ford, Ford Ford may have very well been a man of religion, yeah. at least at some point. And so the fact that... Well, he was playing God. Yeah. Well, exactly. The fact that he kind of pays tribute to that with like these confederados doing the Last Supper. Yeah. Which people may or may not come across when they come to the park, I thought was a very cool and interesting thing um but yeah the confederado that dolores revived led them to these people they basically just wanted to gain more army members so that they could take on the human army or other hosts or whatever other threats are gonna come their way as they traverse across the park um but dolores they the the dude isn't going to join her then dolores and and teddy and angela all kill everybody and then dolores has the tech that's with them revive the main guy and she's like you're right we have toiled in god's service long enough so i killed him and if you want to get glory you won't be looking for his favor you'll need mine Um, so dolores says she killed god yes who is ford Ford. yeah right or her creators and uh, arnold as well um, we, this is the first scene where we get mention of glory, which is being used in the same way that the Valley Beyond has been used earlier in this episode and in last week's episode. Special guest next episode, Denzel Washington. <laughs> Good Civil War. Yeah, nice deep cut there for that uh, 1990s <laughs> movie hit. Um, it's a great movie, though. I it do is, like it, it a lot. He won an award for that. Yeah. He got some glory for it. Yep. <laughs> Indeed he did. Um Yeah. Teddy draws the conclusion later of like, what does this glory or the valley beyond actually mean? Right. And Dolores kinda hints at it, but I guess we'll get to that in a couple scenes here. But any other thoughts on that one? No, um I'm having a hard time recalling any other small tidbits that happened within that scene i think that was pretty straightforward though. yeah i don't think there's a whole lot to it i will say this isn't my place it feels a little weird to me that that the tech that they enslave is a black dude yeah i guess but i don't think it's viewed that way necessarily it just feels a little weird to me but as a white guy i probably shouldn't even try to comment on it so if there are any people of color listening that have any thoughts on that please write in because i'd be very interested to hear about it it just 
feels strange, but it's not I'm it's not my place to get offended about it or anything, so I'm not going to. I don't think it's viewed that way necessarily. I don't I I don't think they intended I don't, it that I don't, way. I don't view him as as being enslaved as much as he's a hostage more so. He's a victim. Well, but some people I don't know. We I, we're not going to relitigate slavery in this Yeah, in no, this but he's like I don't I see him more as more as a hostage in the hostage situation where like he doesn't really have a choice other to than to obey for the sake of his own living. I don't think Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy meant to portray it that way. I don't think so either. But I think it could be taken that it way. It could be misconstrued, yeah. yeah. So if anybody's out there would like to write in and talk about that, that would be interesting to hear. All right, next scene, we do get another flashback here. Young William throws a party for Jim Delos' retirement. An illness may have been behind the unwanted retirement, but the two have a conversation seemingly about transferring Jim into a host's body to continue his reign. William asks for patience, and meanwhile, Dolores runs into Logan on the beach as he takes some kind of drugs. Uh, So, as you were saying earlier, the idea of the singularity, taking humans and putting them into... Yep, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, like the the interesting thing is here that it's... I think this is obviously taken to be after they've reinvested in the park. Arnold must be dead at this point. So Ford is either in the process of or is being tasked with taking someone's consciousness and putting it into a host. And that could very well be Bernard. Right. Like he's either done it with Bernard or he's going to do it with Bernard at I, this point. I bet Bernard was the test. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Like that's that certainly could be to see if he could even do it and then to be able to somehow control it, which is why he instills uh or or you know acts as, as the his Bernard's wife or Arnold's wife in the video conferencing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's still putting like these protections around. Like yeah, he's still kind of he builds Bernard and does it. I mean, he explains it pretty well at the end of the first season, yeah. but I'm wondering if there's a little more context to it of like, it's a Delos uh, requested project or something like that. Right. To be able to do it. So it's, it's a very, I, I don't know, like people may not have picked up on it necessarily. Cause I didn't actually pick up on it until my second uh, watch, but um, the conversation that they have, Jim says, this is a retirement party. I couldn't tell. It looks more like a coronation, but no mind. And then William says, our arrangement has been a perfect fit, but you stepping down doesn't help me at all. So I think, and and that's when we get Jim starting to cough. He says, nor me. I was told I might not have to. And it sounds to me like there might be some board politics that pushed him out because of his illness. Right. But also there are other people on the board that like him and are like, we might be able to put you in one of the host bodies. Yeah. Or something of that nature. And it sounds like William has maybe been like there's a real animosity that I detect between the two of them. I guess animosity might be more. Maybe that's why they need to get Abernathy out is because that's Jim. I saw something like that on the internet. There are people that we are We have thinking, to get this one out because he is literally the only reason this park exists. Well, and and the data that, like, Charlotte's mission might be that. Like yeah. She, she needs to get Abernathy out because the board is like, you need to get Jim Delos out of there so we can put him into someone, right. essentially. 
and uh, which would explain why he was playing father figure to Dolores on the farm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and that's different. Yeah. Well, somebody made the connection that it is the photo of Logan's sister, his daughter, Jim's daughter that that triggers sparked. Him. Yeah. So there there could be something there, which would be. But the, the thing that makes me very weary of that is like, why would they hide him in a host that's already just like out there doing stuff, you know? Why wouldn't they make him a host that either looks exactly like him or, you know, it just seems a little strange to me that maybe he wanted to hide like he didn't want to be obvious, you know, that's possible. But it's not all the pieces are there, but it could be something is what I'm saying. I would be interested in knowing how like if William like if William knows that Abernathy would be. Jim, yeah, well, like I how guess, that, like what, what is the relationship between the two of them, Abernathy and William? Yeah, if there is one. I don't well, know. the I'm only thing that we actually kind of know, like the only time that they kind of come close, would be the first episode of the actual series, because William does come up to Dolores's house after Abernathy's been murdered, uh, just to basically say hello to Dolores and jog her memory or whatever, like, right? But he's dead, so there's no real interaction or anything yeah. like that. So who knows? Who knows at this point? Um, there's a little girl that walks up to Dolores at the beginning of the scene and says that she looks very pretty. Dolores asks her name, but the girl's mother calls her away. Her name is Emily. We did learn last year that the man in black had a daughter named Emily, so everything there is copacetic and all yep. makes sense. Um, and there's a... There's a shot where Dolores looks alarmed at the fact that William comes in and kisses Delos's daughter. And he realizes that she's like looking at him and I think there's part of him that's kind of like are you remembering something? Yeah. But they both get distracted and look away and whatever. He goes and has the the actual conversation with Jim. So uh Dolores goes down to the beach and repeats her line, "Have you ever seen something full so so full of splendor?" Turns out Logan is behind her getting high off of some type of future heroin or something. Vaping. He was yeah. vaping. Vaping through his veins yeah. in his arm. Va- vein ping. <laughs> uh, it's what vaping's become. It's an injectable now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Logan asks if William sent Dolores down to keep him company since his sense of humor is so baroque. I just pictured someone with smoke pouring out of their arm, like out of the <laughs> holes in their arm. See how much smoke I got coming out of my vape, my vape holes. Uh, and then he has this night. He has this interesting little monologue. Do you want to know what they're really celebrating up there? That, darling, is the sound of fools fiddling. While the whole fucking species starts to burn. And the funniest fucking part, (laughs) they lit the match. So here's to you, assholes. May your forever be blissfully short. Logan seems aware of the fact that, like, they're doing shady terrible things with like making people live immortal lives right but he's also being cast aside as like this drug addict he is a drug addict obviously 
of some kind or he's just doing drugs who knows but he's got this tragic like William relegated him to this non-existent unimportant role right his father sees him as a fuck up which he says in the earlier scene it's just kind of this tragic arc for us to see Logan on yeah I'm curious to see where his character goes how much further down in the downward spiral he heads yeah I mean we we theorized last year of like we were kind of wondering who could come back as Logan like who who could be old Logan in the park for the board meeting yeah um but part of me kind of thinks that he doesn't make it to the future i think he he overdoses or something he probably dies before. maybe he's been injected into a host as well that's also entirely he's mave <laughs> logan's mave you heard it here <laughs> uh but yeah i think that's pretty much it for that epi- or that scene uh there's a there's a comment that mr delos has about he doesn't want to hear any chopin from dolores the subtitle said she was playing Gershwin. I didn't look up much about the songs, but I'm sure they're there's, painfully yeah, relevant. There's probably some tie. As they are, always are in, in Nolan properties. Uh, so we got three more scenes here. Old man William and Lawrence get ambushed in Pariah by a new El Lazo, played by the wonderful Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad fame. Gustavo. Yes, so good. So glad to see him here. So sad if this is the only scene. I know. I hope he shows up in like the past. It would be such a waste to have him just do that little part. But uh, William attempts to persuade them to join him, but Ford left him a message in El Lazo. He says, you have to go it alone, and then all the hosts kill themselves. This was like... The most bone-chillingly awesome. It was part good. Of the it was really good. Just the idea that Ford knew exactly what William might do and try to like rally a bunch of people to his side yeah. to help him with his quest, and he's like, "Nope, you got this, this is made for you and you alone." Yep. But how is Lawrence still there? I mean, is Lawrence just kind of like? Well, I think Lawrence is is. Lawrence is meant to be there. He's the one that is actually like Ford is like, you can have this guy. He's yeah. not going to be very helpful to you. Right. He's never been very helpful, really. Maybe he's Logan. He could be Logan. Who knows? Um, but but no, Logan is Maeve. <laughs> no. Yeah. Logan is definitely Maeve. Um, but that whole secret, the, <laughs> the man in blacks, fuck you, Robert is just, yeah. it's once again, it's, it's weird. He's getting just these beautiful comedic and also like full of emotion moments yeah. that are just out of this world. Once again, only Ed Harris, like Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins are the only two people that would be able to pull off these types of things. I think I'm right. Sure. Not to discount any of the other fantastic actors because Tandy Newton, Evan Rachel Wood, everybody is fantastic, but Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins are just on another level. Yes. It's, it's so fantastic. Um, Alazo's got a little story about how his parents took him to the circus. He says, all I wanted to see or no, he says before the revolution, when I was just a little boy, my parents took me to the circus. I wanted to see the elephants, these mighty creatures. They held them in place with a stake. They could tear a tree right out of the ground. And yet a simple stake kept them in place. I didn't understand and then my father told me the stakes were used when the elephants were just young, too small to pull them up, and that the animals never try to pull them up again. I won't be going with you. My labors are done. I've seen all the truth that I can bear, but we can drink to the bitter end. Um, I felt like it was on the nose. 
Like, it's a little bit much of like, okay, the hosts are the elephants. The humans are the ones that put shackles around them that they can clearly shake off. Right. But um, they've been conditioned not to. Yeah, exactly. Like, that all felt very, very, not, I don't want to say obvious, but it just felt on the nose. It felt like they were, like, really drilling that home. But I think Giancarlo Esposito's performance... And just kind of the general allegory of it all works for me. I'm like yeah. that. It's it's a very illustrative point, and it's in dialogue that is being performed very well. So I was like, I can't be too critical critical of the moment. Yeah, right. I still enjoyed it, but it 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 rung a little bit hollow to me. Yeah, but I did. You know, it was good. And yeah, man, that fuck you, Robert, is so good. I should just (laughs) cut that out and put it at the end of the episode. I should put it on a soundboard. (laughs) Fuck Fuck you, you, Robert. Robert. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to know what their relationship was outside of the park. Like, if William and Robert had a more elaborate relationship, and like maybe William had some had played some role in like developing the park more than just a financial role. Yeah, I mean, there is a little bit more of that in in season one. Like, we did, there is one actual, no, there's two scenes of them actually talking together. Yeah, I mean, I know know they sit down and they talk. and They they, sit down in the bar, too. But um, it would be really nice to really know how closely they work together and what it really meant. We get a little bit of context clues. That same scene with Sheila Cullen that I talked about earlier in that park, he... Ford kind of derides the money men that got brought into the park. And I think he has some contempt for William. Yeah. Like, I think he realizes that William was there taking his creation to a new level that he didn't necessarily appreciate. But what? I just, I'm thinking of the map and the maze. Yeah. And the maze, like the, the maze being on the scalp. Yeah. Maybe the prize is that William gets put into a host. That was yeah, and that, I mean that was an idea that, that like he becomes immortal and gets put into a host and then can live out his days in the park. That was an idea that was brought up last year. That was something that people were thinking at like at the end of the maze, but the idea that the maze ultimately didn't end up being for him. Right. Like the maze was for the host to gain consciousness. It was their puzzle, their test. But but he's playing a different game now with exactly. a different prize. So this game could absolutely be him transferring his. Like, it could. But be I, I just think the the maze being sh- like man shaped and being in the scalp of the hosts or whatever is kind of like a, a symbol of like this. You know, the center of the maze being that shape of the man or whatever. Yeah. Like this is you being inserted into the brain. The, the blah, entrapment. Blah, blah. Yeah. The entrapment of a man in a host essentially. Yeah. Or, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think that's certainly there. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a very good scene with El Lazo. I hope I hope Giancarlo Esposito gets a little bit more to do. Yeah, I want him to come back. For sure. Uh, next scene, second to last scene, young William talks with Dolores about how she's really just a reflection of him and nothing more. He shows her a view of two terraforming devices working on changing the landscape, mocking her with her own line about the splendor. 
I don't quite know what to think about the scene. I think the stuff with William, him being like angry about the fact that he fell in love with Dolores, but now he realizes that she's just this creation. Yeah. He's got this contempt for hosts and the fact that they're just robots with programming. And he's baffled about how he could actually fall in love with one. But it sounds like... Where does this fall in the timeline? So this has to be after after the logan and william went to the park yes for the first time i think this is really i think i think everything that we see with young william is in chronological order in this episode that's my belief i think that party with jim delos is delos leaving and then this is william making his first big push with the park Right. Saying this is what I want to do with this place. He's clearly building something, but we have no idea what it actually is. William mentions at the end of the El Lazo sequence, Man in Black William mentions something about the place where they're going is was his first big mistake with the park. And then we cut to this scene where he's showing Dolores this thing. Yeah. So that's... <clears throat> Presumably, it's some type of mistake. We don't know what it is. Yeah. I think people have been theorizing maybe this is where Shogun World comes into play. Some people are thinking this is where the outposts that harvest the DNA and everything is at. We don't really know. We it's it's it could be anything at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think this takes place somewhere after season one stuff with William and before the park is before modern day park you know right but who knows nobody really knows except for the people who made the show but we'll get there we will know um he says he's he's like i think there's an answer here to a question that nobody's ever dreamed of and he asks her if she wants to see it and he takes her to go see these things i don't know what that question is yet i don't even really have any any clue what it could possibly be it doesn't quite make sense to me yet yeah but i'm thinking we're gonna see it it's just a figure of speech yeah yeah it doesn't mean anything it doesn't look like anything to me but cut to the next scene the final scene dolores and the crew roll up on a small castle structure potentially housing the general of the confederados i think it may be the place that the man in black was locked up with hector the that Alamo. last season yeah, essentially. There's no basement in the See Alamo. There, there might be in this Alamo. There could very well be a basement. And in it, we will find Pee Wee Herman and his bike. That'd be beautiful, but maybe not. Um, so, Tenny asks, what about Glory in the Valley Beyond actually mean in this case? Dolores mentions that they're not actually looking for a place, but a weapon that an old friend showed her that she'll use to destroy them. So People on the internet are running fucking wild with this shit they are like going full nuclear like i don't even know what they believe it might be it's final fantasy 7 omega weapon <laughs> i think it's i think it's one of two things ultima weapon it is either those terraform like she's using she wants to use those terraforming devices on the mainland to, to destroy destroy humanity yeah or it is some type of trigger switch that sends out all of the blackmail that they have on all of the humans that have visited the park. Interesting. Those are kind of what I think it might be. 
the way that they have this scene next to William showing her those makes me think that that's got to be it. And they've never really the 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 showmakers have never flat out lied to us. Nick said last season that everything was there right in front of us, but people on the subreddit are just like I don't think these two scenes are actually chronologically related. She's got a different hairstyle on this one and that that means that she must it must not be right after that. Like all this kinds of stuff. I think it's very plainly being shown to us. Yeah. And it's great that people are running wild with it. It's very entertaining to see people talking about it. And maybe I'll be wrong here. Maybe I'll have to eat some crow at the end of the season. But my my guess is that she wants to take those things and turn them on on the city. So we'll see if the last shot of this season is those things grinding up the skyline that we see in... Uh, it's it's just the end of San Andreas the movie with the rock. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's there saving his daughter. We rebuild. Anyway, sorry. No, I don't know. I I have no idea where to even go with that. Well, those are the biggest questions that I think we're left with at the end of the I mean, what, maybe that uh the the canyon or the valley where they find that Alamo looking building is the one that was being terraformed, you know, like that yeah and i thought about that too and i was like that that could possibly be it i just don't know the significance of it yet yeah some people were saying oh that's where the 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 valley that the water flooded was built like he's building the dam that gets flooded when bernard kills all of the hosts in the future okay but the line that Stubbs gives of like, where did this ocean come from? How did none of us know about it? Makes me think there's no way it was there 20 years ago. You yeah. Know? Like how could nobody know about that? Right. I think that stuff happens in that two week time span. So interesting, but that's it. Maybe I just stumbled upon it right now. Cause if Dolores needs those terraforming things to make that ocean, Ah, okay, she breaks and that down. that is somehow part of her ploy to get back on the mainland. Yeah. Create, Maybe that's it. Break through the dam. Yeah. Or whatever. Bring bring the water towards them to then go ahead. There is something online that was talked about. Jonathan Nolan was quoted in an interview saying that these hosts don't need oxygen. Oh, so they can just walk. So if they're just hanging out in the water waiting for the army to come to them and start retrieving them and then they're just killing the army. Or maybe they're not actually dead. They're just like in the water yeah, to no, be collected. That's, that's then, what I'm yeah. saying. And then they Trojan horse it into like yeah. whatever. That's entirely possible. Like maybe maybe Delos is like we need to retrieve all of these hosts. And bring them back to Hong Kong. Yeah or Shanghai or, or wherever, wherever the hell LA whatever that city is. Who knows? That might be it. Interesting. So I like that idea. Also, Logan is Maeve. Logan is Maeve. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Yep. We're writing. I'm scrolling We're it on the t-shirts. table. You yep. can buy the t-shirts. Go to Midwest World <laughs> FM. No, <laughs> go I'm to Mi- Midwest World <laughs> FM. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we could make t-shirts no, if you want. We're not going to. Uh, I think that's it. Any other thoughts? No, I just I'm I'm really is has there been any statement? Uh, about how many seasons this show is going to end up being. The first things that we saw, the first things that I heard about it was that Nolan and Joy had a five to six season plan for the show. Okay. 
see that like having a finite like ending makes sense to me for this i think they certainly have an idea about it i and i also do not by the fact that they got hbo to say hey if you want to take a year and a half off you can i think they've got full control over what they're doing yeah which is fantastic so i don't think they will be put in a position where they're like you need to stretch it out so we get more out of this right right now, will they make a bunch of spinoffs like they're going to try and do with Game of Thrones? Maybe. Who knows? I don't think they need to do that. Probably not. No. Although Nick still wants a spinoff of Old Bill, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> as we all really do. Just give Michael Wincott a job. Right. <laughs> Seal up his, his paycheck for the next couple of years. But, uh, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what they do in five or six years. Right on. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us, westworldfm at gmail.com. Tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Check out all of our shows at midwestpodcastnetwork.com. And hey... You can go to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet, that's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-P-O-D-N-E-T, or there's a link in our show notes. And for as little as $5 a month, you can actually talk shit to our faces. Yeah, well, not our faces, but to Via our text phones. message yes. and Discord. You can join us on Discord, talk talk to us about Westworld right after we watch it. Tell, us, tell me how dumb I sound. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. John's Don't do nice it. I'm, I want to hear about it. Uh, and please do that. You don't even have to give us $5. Just give us a dollar. We'll appreciate it very much. Uh, we're it's very true. thankful for everybody that contributes to us on a monthly basis. But uh, Our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin MacLeod, and it is being used under an attribution, attribution Creative Commons license. That's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the next episode of Westworld. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.